the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, oh my Jesus, save us from our sins, save us from the fires of hell, and lead all souls to heaven, especially those who most need thy mercy. Welcome in to the David L. Gray Show, voicing truth and reason on the Guadalupe Radio Network. Uh, I'll tell you what, if, if you were born yesterday, or you just arrived to this planet, and you you listen to some of our news or you get absorbed into social media, you'll think that the biggest problem that America is facing right now is racism. I mean, you didn't even have to be born yesterday or, or be from Mars. You just have to believe what you hear in the news or, or what comes across your, your Twitter or your Facebook feed. And you would think that there there's actually a, a massive amount of people dying of racism i mean it's 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 amazing i mean it's so so i think we really need to talk about this right i mean especially as catholics because many catholics um and, and even some of our churches some of our parishes have gotten caught up in this myth that racism is america's biggest problem and and because of that we've been distracted right i mean we missed um, coming up with true solutions to real problems because we have been caught up, getting caught up in this myth that racism is America's biggest problem. And I think that Holy Week is a great time to talk about the sin of racism because Jesus is on his way to Mount Calvary and he's going to show us what being in solidarity with each other looks like, right? what loving one another looks like. And what it costs to love. And it is at Calvary where, teach, where Jesus teaches us definitively why our lives matter and how it is that all sin can be overcome because he overcame it first. If you want to be part of this show, just call in at 877 757 9424. That's 877-757-9424 you can tweet at me at dlg on grn that's dlg on grn or if you're watching on our facebook or our youtube feeds just drop in a comment and myself or our producer sissel will get a chance to see it and we'll um we'll try to respond to you and sissel is the producer of the show the guadalupe radio network and if you want to see Cecil, you just got to watch Back to the Father on Fridays where they talk about St. Thomas Aquinas and all types of Thomas things. And you also hear her voice if you if you call in. So. So that's what we're doing on the first half of the show. On the second half of the show, uh, you'll be hearing from Ray Rahalba. And he'll be talking about um, he has a great ministry, the Joy of the Faith Ministry. And he has this documentary that he's producing about the scientific uh, verifiability of the Holy Eucharist. So I'm looking forward to talking and speaking with him on the second half of the show. So if you thought, if you have thought, like I think many people have, if you, if you thought that Joe Biden, assuming the office of the presidency, if you thought once he became president, we were going to just stop hearing about racism then you gravely underestimated how much money is generated by stirring up hate and division in this country. In 2020 alone, the organization Black Lives Matter 
I don't know if you knew this, but they, they raised over $90 million, $90 million, one organization, Black Lives Matter raised $90 million in donations by doing what? Inciting riots, by promoting hate and division, $90 million raised by one organization that was promoting black supremacy under the guise of black victimhood. The same goes for the major networks, CBS, ABC, NBC, major cash haul since 2016 by convincing Americans that President Donald Trump is a racist. I mean, their ratings thrived for, what, four years? But, I mean, basically because Donald Trump was their biggest star of their biggest hit show called Division. Now, is racism real? Absolutely, right? You never hear me deny that racism is real because racism is a sin. It's a grave sin. It's a sin that's associated with pride. The United States Bishops Conference in their 1979 pastoral letter, they define racism as this, I quote. They said racism is a sin, a sin that divides the human family, blots out the image of God among specific members of that family, and violates the fundamental human dignity of those called to be children of the same father. They continue, and I quote, Racism is the sin that says some human beings are inherently superior and others are essentially inferior because of races. They say it's a sin that makes racial characteristics the determining factor for the exercise of human rights. They continue, and I quote from the United States Catholic Conference Bishops uh, 1979 Pastoral Letter on Racism, they say that it mocks the words of Jesus, racism does. And they quote Jesus saying, treat others the way you have, the way you have them treat you. Indeed, racism is more than a disregard for the words of Jesus. It is a denial of the truth of the dignity of each human being related by the mystery of the incarnation. So that's the definition from the United States Conference of Catholic Bishops from the 1979 pastoral letter. So racism is real. Racism is a sin. Now, the sin of racism, the objective sin of racism, which is always grave, intrinsically evil, and oftentimes verifiable, it is not what the media or the mainstream society is talking about when they're talking about racism. When, when they are talking about racism, when they are talking about racism, they're talking about having your feelings hurt because of apparent prejudice or discrimination, right? So at, at the appearance of prejudice or discrimination, we are then therefore allowed to, without any measure of investigation or research, we're allowed to accuse the other person of being a racist, right? So there's some apparent discrimination, something's happened, right? Um, you, you feel that maybe it's because of your skin color or something, and you're allowed to just leap, right, to that conclusion because you that's what you sense or that you feel, right? And so, that's the emotion of racism. We're allowed to commit to the sin of bearing false witness against the other by using rash judgment 
detraction, and calumny to accuse the other racism without any proof or fact. All right, again, that's what I call emotional racism because it is merely just a response to having your feelings hurt due to the appearance of racism. It could be racism. It could be ignorance. It could be prejudice. It could be discrimination. But unless we take that next step of investigation or research, asking some questions, asking why that prejudice or discrimination or those harmful words accord, occurred, then we, if we don't do that, we cannot then accuse a person of such a grave sin. That's wrong. That's not Christian. That's not Catholic. So the fact of the matter is that over the last decade or so, I mean, we've been trained in short order, right, in short order, just these last, I don't know, 10, 20 years, um, to see everything, everything through the lenses of the lowest common denominator, the lowest common denominator. We've been programmed to see the world through the things that divide us rather than the things that unite us. And that is why when a parent's prejudice or discrimination or harmful words occur, the first thing we jump to is, well, that must be because of my race. Because that's how we've been programmed. We've been programmed, programmed to assume the worst and to see everything through these lenses that divide us and to identify through the most basic things about ourselves, race, skin color. And we think it's virtuous to see the world through division rather than addition. We've been programmed to see black and white and yellow and brown and say, oh, that person is different than me because of their skin color, right? Rather than say that person is like me because they are also human and also made in the image of God. But that's how we see the world. We just walk around and everything, every, every time we look at something, we see the vision and think of other like, oh, that's not like me. That's not like me. It's different than me. Rather than saying that's like me or saying I identify also like that, right? Just this, this base simplicity that leads to ignorance. Seeing the world through division leads to division. That's what we've been programmed with these lenses of division rather than addition. Why? Because division makes our handlers a lot of money and it keeps a lot of politicians in power. I remember just a few years ago when, um, uh, when I was interviewing uh, for a high school teaching job uh, at, and the principal at that school um, um, told me that uh, one of the reasons he decide, decided not to hire a young woman to be his director of development was because she had a visible tattoo on her neck, right? He said, oh, yeah, I decided not to hire that lady, you know, because she had a he had a tattoo and she said, well, I didn't think of, you know, if I hired her to be my, my, my director of development, I really couldn't see how I could send someone who looked like that out to raise money. Right. Amazing. Right. But I, I raised that story for two reasons. First, to make the point that prejudice or discrimination does happen to all types of people, but we cannot know why that prejudice or discrimination occurred unless we investigate it. We are not allowed to just assume that it was because of a sin that discrimination happened in that way. Um, like I said, it could be ignorance, prejudice. Um, it, it may not always just be a grave sin. We have to investigate. The second reason I bring it um, up is to tell you a second story about that 
same principal who hired me to teach ninth and 12th grade theology at a school. After the interview, you know, I'm driving home, right, back to Ohio. And he called me and said, oh, you're hired. You know, you're great. And, you know, he said, well, I would have hired you on the spot. Um, uh, but he didn't want me, to, but he didn't want to seem too excited in the interview, right? So, so he calls me and tells me, yeah, you got the job. I mean, but who wouldn't hire me to be a theology teacher, right? I mean, I've been hired by three schools to teach that by now. I'm super qualified. I interview well. I have a lot of confidence, as you can see. But when I mailed my application back and I disclosed in the application that about 20 years before then I had, uh, had uh, been convicted of a felony, the principal called me and told me that he's withdrawing his offer, right? Therefore, the first reason we know that racism is not America's biggest problem, I believe, is because there are not any laws active in our country right now that targets people for their race. There are plenty of those types of laws just 60 years ago, but not anymore. There are laws that disproportionately affect black Americans and even Hispanics more than others due to other issues that spring from our dysfunctional educational system. But there are no laws written that explicitly targets blacks in the letter of the law in a letter of law, such as Jim Crow laws did, or that um, laws that said blacks and whites couldn't marry, or laws that, 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 that allow for housing discrimination. On the contrary, the only people that the law allows for there to be discrimination against is people who have a felony record, right? They can be denied jobs. They can be denied housing. They can be um, denied a, a number of things, credit. And, and while those people may be disproportionately black and Hispanic, more white people in America have felony records than blacks and Hispanics. So it's a catch-all. So, of course, the narrative, but of course, you know, the narrative from the media is that, oh, so many black Americans cannot vote in states that do not allow former felons to vote. But even those laws in those states affects more white Americans than blacks. So it's a catch-all. There's no law that specifically targets, literally, to the letter, any specific race in this country. The only people that um, the law explicitly does discriminate against does affect the only people you're allowed to legally discriminate against in this country are people who have a felony record. Now, look at the opposite spectrum, right? Let's see if this is America's biggest issue, racism. Now, we can look at an initiative like the one in Oakland, California that will give, what, $500 a month a basic income to every family that falls under their poverty threshold. Obviously in Oakland, most of those families are black right, and, and Hispanic, but we cannot say that initiative is racist just because white families in Oakland have more money or have more income. No, but it is it's interesting. I think that, that for the same reason that criminal laws disproportionately affect black Americans and this, like this in this um, Oakland initiative disproportionately benefits black Americans it's because black Americans are disproportionately harmed by poor education, which leads to high literacy and therefore fewer job opportunities, which then leads to a lower standard of living, which then is exasperated by those in this area having children out of wedlock at a higher rates than other Americans, which then leads to children going to poor schools and having a poor education, a few opportunities for a job and living in a safer neighborhood with less crime, less incentive to commit crime and less policing and so on and so forth. So that, that cycle that black Americans disproportionately find themselves in 
all stems from poor educational opportunities and having children out of wedlock, not racism. Racism is just the excuse given to black Americans by the handlers so that they won't see that it's the Democrats who run these poor schools and the liberal idea that sex is for recreation that led to the circumstance that they're in. Okay. Therefore, if for all the reasons, right, we like to claim that racism is America's biggest problem actually stem, actually stem from problems that are not caused by racism, but due to problems that were created not by racism, but due to a systemically uh, failing school system and having children out of wedlock and us being programmed to see the world through the lenses of division rather than addition and blame racism on everything that we don't, that doesn't go our way, then we cannot state that racism is America's biggest problem. Racism as a myth is America's biggest, is, is uh, racism is, is, is a, Racism is America's biggest problem is just, just a, just a flat out myth. All right. Uh, so you're listening to the David L. Gray show voicing truth and reason on the Guadalupe radio network. If you want to call in and opine, disagree with me, um, or agree with me, that's fine too. <laughs> you can reach me at 877-757-9424. That's 877-757-9424. Or if you're watching on the Facebook or YouTube, uh, you just chime in in the comment box, or you can tweet at me at DLG on GRN. That's DLG on GRN. Again, that phone number is 877-757-9424. 877-757-9424. Yeah, so racism is, I believe, just just a, a flat-out myth, right? It's not America's biggest problem, all right? Now, of course, I think some, some of you may want to opine, right? So I say, well, if, America, if racism is not America's biggest problem, all right? Um. Okay, we'll say somebody said, "Well, America, if racism is the biggest problem. Um, we as Catholics should should we just address it uh, sin wherever it occurs, right? Even if it's not a big problem, if it's just a little problem. Shouldn't, shouldn't we? Shouldn't we? Uh, shouldn't we opine, right? Now, just if I think if there was just one, and I agree with you, if there was just one abortion, one abortion happening in this country, we should chain ourselves to." to that building that's, that's happening, right? Even if it's just one abortion, right? We should, right? So the, 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 the proportion of sin or the numbers of sin doesn't make, doesn't mean we shouldn't fight it. We should, right? We should see sin and injustice. When we see, whenever we see sin and injustice, we should bring Jesus into that situation. But this is a myth that racism is America's big problem. It, it's just hard to defend when we cannot find um, objectively or objectively affirm that um, any substantial evidence that there's any amount of this p uh, people in this country that's dying from racism in 2021 when there are no racist laws in a book and hundreds of people are dying from things like prolicide. That's the killing of one's offspring or abortion is the way to call it. I mean, I know there are people that, 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 that are killed by racism, but when I wake up in the morning and hear about murders in St. Louis or Chicago, Detroit and Baltimore every week, 99.99% of those people are not dying for racism. But those deaths are being brought about by those systemic issues that are caused by having poor education 
and creating these families where there's uh, mothers raising these children by themselves, right? People, single parent homes have, are, are, have more poverty. Now, if we were truly interested, I think, in fixing those issues, then that we think are because of racism, we will focus our efforts <clears throat> on promoting a Catholic idea of education and marriage to communities that need it the most. We will stop voting for politicians that deny parents the opportunity to send their children to better schools. If in all those areas where we claim that racism is, is the reason for our problems, you can find at least one, if not five Catholic churches, some of them with a predominantly black congregation. Imagine if those Catholic churches had a ministry to go door to door and evangelize sacrament of marriage and chastity. If they had, imagine if they had a ministry to, to teach that sex is for marriage. Imagine if they had a men's ministry to reach out and teach them, teach, teach these men the value of respecting women and supporting those men who do have children out of wedlock and help them be in their children's lives. I, I just think the time to, uh, the time has come to stop using racism as an excuse for failure. Rudy, what do you think? Oh, the racism, I think it is kind of a, it's not really, I mean, there is racism, but it's not enough to really stop somebody from growing. Because if that was the case, we wouldn't have minorities in higher positions of educational areas, you know. I really do think you're touching it with the education system. And like I was saying to the, to the, to the call screener, I think we should be concentrating on teaching financial stability, something about credit, how to use your credit, how to get credit, you know. Because a lot of that stuff, like I was telling her, I didn't know about that when I was growing up. And as soon as I learned it, it changed my life completely because I was able to hit from a different angle where I'm on paper. Be like, okay, you know, you can look at me, but my paperwork says I'm good. My credit score says I can get this house. I mean, you can't stop me because I'm Mexican because my credit, my credit score and everything backs me up to get that. And I know my rights. And I know I know how to use it to get what I need. And if we were to teach our kids that, we, I think we would be – a lot better off and not just that but trade schools we need people that know how to build things people that know how to use their hands we're 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 slowly losing that 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 thing that made us proud to be an american you know we were able to build things that were we were in a race of arms a race to get to space a race to get to this you know it was always a race to be better to to make something that's going to help the the human race you know and i think we've lost touch of that and i think we need to get back to those strong cores and another thing i was hearing you talking about marriages they are trying to break up marriages the, the marriage is the strongest thing uh, having a father in the home and having a good marriage is a, is a good thing and they don't no, no longer preach to have good marriages they just say oh be what you want to be be single be free and be out there do what you want to do it's okay you only have one life to live but not knowing the consequences of the the chaos that comes with it that can break down the society of, of our of our great nation yeah, you nailed it, Rudy. And in the first part, you know, you talk about credit. Um, you know, you, you're talking about building things with our hands. I mean, you're talking about personal responsibility, right? I mean, these are things that you can you can no no one unless you unless you have your identity stolen, right? I mean, your credit is you. It's it's what you've did. It's what you built, and it shows that you're responsible or irresponsible. I mean, you get the credit rate you deserve. Um, and 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 a lot a lot of points you hit about about marriage and. And, and family. I mean, these are the building blocks of society. You want a great society, build great families, right? But really, when, yes, when, um, and, and as far as your story goes, when did did you ever hear about? I mean, coming up, did you ever hear about any of those things as far as building your credit or 
how our no. or, or uh, how important family is to society? No, not at all. I actually grew up in a society. We actually grew up during the time where the parents didn't really know too much about credit as much as as well either. So, you know, a lot of parents used their kids to get credit because they, it was an easy way to get something, and they didn't know they were actually jeopardizing their kids by doing that. You know, so I never learned nothing about credit. Never heard anything about it. Uh, my dad always preached to to teach me. Ever since I was able to carry something heavy, I worked with my dad. You know, so my grandfather <laughs> actually. So he. He's my dad. My grandfather's my dad. So he's always taught me how to, to, to work, to, you know, not sit there and wait for somebody to give it to you because it's never going to come if, it, if you're waiting for somebody. Go get it. If you have the skills, you have the mobility, go get it. I'm a disabled veteran, and I still go to work every day, hurting and pain, but it's, mm-hmm. I need to make a living for my family. I could sit down and yeah. collect the, the little check that they're giving me for my disability and be, oh, woe is me, woe is me. I'm a hurt soldier. You know, I have rights. I fought for this give me money give me money but no i'm able to work i'm able to move to where the pain is it, it hurts but it's not enough to to sideline me to the point where i'm bedridden so hey i'm from that era we get up and we go to work you know we got to make it happen you can't wait for you know right now the government wants us to be dependent on them so they can really screw us over and they don't see that it's like oh here let me give you some extra money so you don't see what i'm really trying to do to you that's really going to hurt you in the long run Man, thanks, Rudy, for calling in from San Antonio. I really appreciate uh, your message of, of of not having any excuses, just just doing everything. And man, I really hope you have a, a blessed Easter and have a good Easter season. You too, sir. I wish you the best with your show, man. It's the first time I heard it. I appreciate y'all. All right, well, keep tuning in. God bless you. Yes, sir. And we have Lynn calling in from the D.C. area. Lynn, what's on your mind? Well, I think I can give you three very simple solutions that could change the country around in due time. I went to school in the 1950s. I started in the first grade. The Ten Commandments were on every wall in every classroom. Every child learned to read. We either learned to read or else. I never knew what the or else was. I just learned to read. I would take all the computers (laughs) out of the school. (laughs) And the first three grades, they would learn to read, write, spell, do basic math. Then the child can do, he can go forward from then um, without a problem and encourage traditional family values. Children from traditional families are more successful in life, and that's been supported by many studies. These things are simple, cost-effective, and would work. It's unbelievable to me to see what we're doing today. So, Lynn, I think I heard too. First, you said the Ten Commandments. You get, you're giving me three things that you, you can do prove to improve our situation and our culture. One was the Ten Commandments. The other one was the traditional family. What was the what was the third one, Lynn? Teach every child to read. Oh yeah, the reading, writing, and arithmetic. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's such the a yeah. And I've seen it. Yeah, and I was really saying that earlier in, in the show, Lynn, about just the the high illiteracy rate that you find in some of the same communities that have the highest crime, the poorest schools, and the most single parent homes, the highest unemployment, it's no coincidence that those same communities have the highest illiteracy rates, right? Of course not. I'll tell you, I went to school in East St. Louis, Illinois, okay? 
and we got a great education. I ended up doing some time even working for the White House. We got a great education. There's no reason we cannot give children a great education. None. There's no reason. Yeah, yeah. And I'm not I'm not too far from East St. Louis right now. I'm in um live in a Belleville area. Do you remember Belleville? Well of course I do. I have lots of relatives there. <laughs> <laughs> but thanks for but thanks for calling in, Lynn. I appreciate your comments. We got we gotta remember those things. Um the Ten Commandments, hopefully we can't get those back in school one day, right? Um the reading, yes. the writing, arithmetic, especially the reading and um the tradition of the traditional family. Sex is for marriage and um you don't don't go around having sex with somebody who's not your wife. So there you go. And that's, none of these things are expensive to do. <laughs> yeah, you don't need a government program for that, Lynn. <laughs> exactly. All right. Well, thanks thank a lot, you Lynn. very much. Okay. God bless. Bye bye. Easter. Racism is a myth. That racism, racism is a myth. Racism is a sin, but racism as America's biggest problem is a myth. We have so many problems in in this country. Um, the fact that we have an abortion genocide that's going on, that that we have that, that more people are are dying from that or dying from things that we can avoid, such as all the issues that's related to obesity, right? Um, that, that's something else we can avoid. Hundreds of thousands of people, Americans, die from those two things. But we can avoid those. And But, but they're, they're, those two things cause so many other problems in, in society. Our, uh, the problem with our, our schools, the systemic poor education that so many children are getting that, that's causing bigger problems. Um, so th- those are some of the things that we can fix as Catholics we should look into. But this this idea that racism is America's biggest problem is a myth and it's an excuse for failure and to avoid personal responsibility. This is the David L. Gray Show, voicing truth and reason on Guadalupe Rupe Network. Um, after break, we'll be speaking with Ray Rahalba, who will be on to talk about his apostolate, the joy of faith, and about his upcoming documentary about the scientific evidence we have to prove that the Holy Eucharist is truly the body of Christ. Stay tuned in. Looking for a Catholic university where the greatest works of Western and Catholic tradition are the foundation for learning, all in an environment that is faithful to the magisterium? Recommended by the Cardinal Newman Society, the University of Dallas offers an exceptional liberal arts education, preserving the wisdom of the past while preparing students for world-changing futures. Academically excellent, always faithful. Apply today at udallas.edu. In Nicaragua, many children growing up in rural areas don't know what it's like to have clean, safe drinking water. Their water sources are often shared with farm animals, and the water is infested with high levels of bacteria. Together, we can change that. Cross Catholic Outreach works with local Christian partners to provide clean, abundant water to families in need. This mission dramatically transforms the health and lives for generations to come. Visit crosscatholic.org slash transform to learn more. Dear Guadalupe Radio Network family, we want you to know we are praying that you and your loved ones have a most blessed and safe Holy Week. During this time when staying in and being safe are so very important, we are keeping you in our prayers. 
Every day there will be special programming, which will help draw all of us deeper into the most important week of Christ's suffering, His death and resurrection. You can listen to your local station, stream through our website at grnonline.com, or download the GRN apps. No matter how you join us, we want you to please feel free to reach out to us with your prayer request by going to our website. With faith and trust in our Lord, we will get through this. And if you're like me, I am looking forward to all the great and mighty things our Lord is and will continue to do. This is Lan Oswald, president of the Guadalupe Radio Network with your GRN Family Minute. Welcome back in to the David O'Grey Show, voicing truth and reason on the Guadalupe Radio Network. See, part of the show, you just call in 877-57-9424. Again, that's 877-757-9424. Or you can tweet at me at DLG on GRN. That's DLG on GRN. Also, you can just comment on video or streaming on Facebook and YouTube. I am so happy to have someone who I've admired for a while on the show. Um, it is Ray Rahalba. I hope I pronounced his name right. He'll correct me if I, I'm not. But so um, you just type in his name. It doesn't you don't spell it like I just made it sound is G-R-I-J-A-L-B-A. Or you can just type in the joy of life apostolate joy of life. Um, you can see him and his wife they have a wonderful ministry on YouTube, a Facebook page. They're doing a lot of great stuff. So he's on the show now. Um, he's also going to be talking about his ministry, but also a great documentary he's working on the scientific proof that the Holy Eucharist is the body of Christ. Great time to be talking about this during Holy Week. Ray, what's going on? David, thank you so much for having me on. So it's, uh, always love Guadalupe radio network and did want to let you know. So it's Grijalba. So the J is like an H, so it's like fajita and, um, the joy of the faith is what it's called is our YouTube channel. The joy of faith. I said the joy of life. Yep. Joy of faith. Yeah. So Definitely. man, Ray, so happy. You know, I was you know, you're one of the people who whose whose YouTube channel I tune into because you don't um you educate me and you inspire me, but you don't make me angry, right? I think that a lot of people <laughs> I was just posting I just posted on my um on my on, on YouTube, a post, you know, you can see in your YouTube uh, metrics, all the people who follow your channel, which channels they follow. And so I was going through the list and I see all, all the people who subscribe to me also subscribe to some of the people who I watch and get me angry, get me riled up. But, um, right. So there's that audience, there's that segment, right? But you have a, you and your wife have a really great channel, the joy of faith. And, and you guys are just inspiring people and educate them. So you got married. I think what, maybe five, yeah. six years ago. And then you guys go ahead and jump into a ministry. How did all that get started? Yeah. Well, first of all, David, I really appreciate it because, you know, that's kind of what we're going for. I, um, I almost, you know, I, I hope this is impactful to say, but every night are like, we're trying to be like the married version of father Mike Schmidt, you know, like you watch father Mike <laughs> and you're always inspired, you know, you, you know, you, you seldom upset, you know? So, uh, cause I think people really need joy. Because what is like, what, like, if we're not joyful Christians, then like, how are we going to evangelize? You know, um, right. the truth, like the truth is, I guess, personified in the joy that people live out, you know, 
And uh, that's, that's something I think will really help, obviously, bring, you know, people back into the church because we see all these, like, you know, non-denominational churches and they're, like, inviting you to their, you know, whatevers, and they're all mm. so excited. So I really would love to see that in the Catholic world. I don't know. I mean, I know that I've never had someone come up to me and say, man, you got to come to my Catholic church. It's just, like, so amazing. So <laughs> that's one of the things, you know, that we're, we're hoping to do. But, yeah, so I got married. Uh, I was 22 when I got married, so I was pretty young. But uh, discerned that, and it's it's just been amazing. We actually, it started because um, I started doing Bible studies uh, through Focus, and um, we went into the sacraments, and I looked into, like, every video I could find, you know, where's where these sacraments of Scripture, what the early Christians said about it. And my wife said, Ray, you know, you've got to make a YouTube channel because you're going to forget this stuff. And sure enough, oh. I started to forget it. So I said, man, i got to make these videos, and it started off like that. And it has really grown. Uh, you know, I'm so grateful to, you know, Archbishop Fulton Sheen was like his video I made like right after the announcement of his beatification being delayed. And a lot of those videos have really blown up and, you know, Shred of mm-hmm. Trin videos, Eucharistic Miracles, so many others. And it's just been amazing to see. I actually posted one today about Easter 2021, you know, like versus Easter 2020, yeah. because, you know, think about it. This time last year, we couldn't go to mass. And, you know, right. looking back it almost blows your mind to think, wow, we couldn't go to mass last year. And I'm sure there's so many people listening that are like, wow, I didn't even remember that, you know, cause we've been back to, you know, going back for a while now. Um, but I'm sure there are people out there also listening that haven't been able to go back. So it's uh, we're so blessed to be Catholic, man. I, I, I always say that people, I, people say that religion like prevents you from being happy, but what it really does mm. is it properly orders your life. So you can live the most joyful life possible. You know, you might not be smiling mm. at every moment, but you are growing in virtue and glorifying God through all that you do. And uh, at the end, you know, hopefully we'll have an even more glorious crown. So it's amazing. And I, I'm just so grateful to see this like Catholic YouTuber world grow, like blowing up. And when you reached out, I was like, oh, yes, I'd love to I'd love to speak with David because I was actually trying to get in touch with you a while ago. So this is amazing. Yeah, that's awesome, man. Small world. Hey, but let me ask you this, since you brought that up. Before you are mentioning um, Ray, and we're talking about, we're speaking with Ray Grijalba of the Joy of Faith Apostolate. And so we're speaking with him about his ministry, his apostolate, but also we're going to be speaking later about a documentary he's working on, the scientific proof that the Holy Eucharist is the actual, what we believe it is. So we're talking about that shortly. We're just talking, just chatting now about, about a couple of things. And I want to bring this up, Ray, since you mentioned it, about, you know, it's hard to find Catholics who are like out there saying, hey, you got to come to my church like Protestants do, right? And I think that the only exception, of course, I think nowadays, at least with other Catholics, that you would see Catholics who belong to the traditional Latin rites or and they would say, hey, you got to come to the Latin, right? Um, that's a common yeah. common phrase. So that, I, th- I think that that's there. But what do you say? So if there's a Protestant listening, right? Um, and they say, well, you know, I, I've been to Mass. I grew up in the Catholic, ch- um, you know, going to Catholic schools. But when I go to Mass, everyone looks depressed. But when I go to bedside, bedside Baptist over here, everybody's praising and yelling, Jesus is Lord. So, I mean, what do we what do we have to say to why does mass? I think sometimes, you know, the people like they're at a funeral. You know, David, it's, 
you almost would have thought, I would have, I was about to say that exact same thing. Like every time you walk, not every time, but so many times you walk near a Catholic church and it feels like a funeral, like people don't even want to be there. That's how it seems, you know, like you said. And I think that um, a lot of that, well, there's various reasons why I think that happens. But if someone were to ask, like, why should I go if the people there don't even seem like they need to be there? Um, you know, my motivation is, is to help the people that are there that don't really want to be there uh, realize the great gift that they have. Because, mm. uh, you know, Father Mike Schmidt's doing this Bible in a Year podcast that a lot of people are enjoying. Um, it's really interesting how he points out that, like, we are worshiping God the way that God commanded, you know. And we see, especially in the Old Testament, like, you know, Exodus and, and all these, like, God commands how he wants to be worshiped. And the reason that uh, the Catholic Church does what it does is because that's how Christ has commanded it, you know, to do this in memory of him, as we'll get to in this documentary. Um, but yeah, I think that's really what I would say is, you know, I think that a lot of people have become cultural Christians and cultural Catholics because they've just gone through the motions. And I think what you're seeing in these parishes are the fruit of decades of people going through the motions where they don't know why they're Catholic. They don't know why they're going to church. They just are going to church because their parents went to church. And then that, that cycle continues on and on until either they leave the church or they become on fire for Christ outside of the church, which I've seen so many times and many of many people comment on my video saying that. So it's such a tragedy, but at the same time, we have to do all we can to plant seeds and uh, build Christ's church and really um, evangelize in an area where most people think they know Jesus. Ray, as, as a convert, I, I found it <laughs> troubling even to this day I think I came into the church maybe 2006, so I'm over a decade now. Um, so, but I, I still find it troubling to this day when I encounter people who say, who tell me that they used to be Catholic, they're not Catholic anymore. And like right mm. at that moment, they say that, or right, right at that moment, Ray, when they finish that sentence, or you know, they're, they're on Twitter or something, and I get done reading it, my head explodes. It just explodes because it's yeah. hard for me to fathom that you had access to the Holy Eucharist and you walked mm -hmm. away from it. Do you believe that poll from a few years ago from Pew Center Research said over mm. around 70% of, of people, Catholics, do not believe in the real presence of Christ? Do you believe that? Oh, my gosh. That, that broke my heart, man. It was just so sad. And I tell you, I, I do the same. It's funny, actually. When I think back to what started all of this, I was um, – I was at a, a work conference and I was talking to this guy and he said, yeah, you know, I'm staying in this area because I really like the church I'm going to. And I love hearing that, you know, you know, because that's, that's always a good thing. And I said, uh, oh, really? You know, what church do you go to? And he said, well, I used to be Catholic and then I met Jesus. And mm, I mm. was like, oh, my gosh. So we actually sat down and like we went through John 6 together. And by the end of that, he's like, well, I didn't say I'm not Catholic <laughs> anymore. But he asked me a question. He said, Ray, where is confirmation in the Bible. And I didn't know. I didn't know the answer. Mm. So I started like I started looking at Catholic answers, color Broussard, and that's how I really started getting this more apologetic uh, mindset. And that that's what led to the Bible study and all these other things. So it's cool to see how God uses different people in your life. But you know, I think that this is where this film is going to be so critical, I hope. Because yeah. What are we going to focus on is that Jesus is truly present in the Eucharist, you know, and these miracles point to that. Um, and, and, and what does that mean for us is that means that, uh, 
as Father Mike says, I know I keep mentioning him, but in one of his videos, he says, if you don't want the Eucharist, then you don't want Jesus. And that is really the hard <laughs> truth that we all need to realize is that, yes, you may have the greatest. I mean, Jeff Cavins has also said it like you might have the greatest, you know, uh, praise and worship, whatever. You might have the greatest fellowship, Bible studies, but you don't have Jesus in the Eucharist. And uh, that's really the greatest gift we could ever have. What will we trade for that? I think that's the question is what will we trade for that? And um, I hope that this will do it, obviously, in like a way more gentler way. So if you're, watching, or you're listening to this and you're like, oh, man, that's pretty harsh, it's going to be very, very uh, uh, acceptable, you know, because that, that's one of our goals is, is trying to reach everyone, but do it in the most uh, strategic way. And obviously, we'll allow the Holy Spirit to work because he is the greatest uh, author in all of this. Yeah. So what is it? What is it? What is it? So it's going to be a documentary. Um, so sort of tell us what are you envisioning as far as length, as far as format, and as far as what is the central theme of it? Like what was what what is the major point that you yeah, that you want to hit? Yeah. So it's really incredible. Um, first of all, I want to thank you and everyone else out there that's been praying and that supported this film. Um, it's it's all crowdfunded. So we have almost 2,000 people that gave anywhere from $35 to $15,000 to help make this movie a reality. And, and we're still taking that in. So if you want some of the perks, you can go to ChristianChannel.com and check that out. But what we're doing is we're making a film that it's going to be – so obviously, like, documentary is more like interview style. But we have uh, an Oscar award winner who's directing this movie. He's worked on The Avengers, The New Lion King incredible incredible artist and we're, we're gonna kind of make it similar to the case for christ where you're following him along his journey mm. as he meets with all of these you know doctors and um, hears different testimonies so i'm going to be in that role so um it's going to be very it's going to be it's not going to be like your typical documentary where you're like sitting down and it's kind of boring and people are just sitting there saying things you know and it, it's going to be very dynamic uh it's it's, it's amazing. We actually were filming this past weekend uh, out in Texas, which was just incredible. But uh, we'll yeah. be going to um, Italy and Mexico for sure. We're, we're still trying to figure out the third location to see where these Eucharistic miracles occurred. Um, we're going to oh, okay. speak to some of the doctors that actually analyzed them themselves back when the miracles happened, wow. which will be such a great wow. gift. Um, but what we're also going to do that the, the Eucharistic miracles are just a vehicle. Right. Because our faith, like we don't believe in the true presence of the Eucharist because of these miracles. You know, we believe in it because Jesus said it, because he is the most credible author to say something like that. He said, this is my body. So we believe him. We take him at his word, as Archbishop Sheen says. Yeah. So. Um, as I said, it's going to be a vehicle for this. So we're going to you know, start and end with Eucharistic miracles, but go into the teaching, what the church teaches on the Eucharist. Okay. Uh, we're going to do different okay. live action scenes where we're going to actually act out uh, John 6, for instance, where Jesus said, unless oh. you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, you have no life in you. And the, and the crowds leave, you know, and he asked the 12, do you also wish to leave? The, the, one of the most incredible Eucharistic passages in Scripture. Um, you know, the, the Exodus, the Passover, different things like that to uh, show that the Eucharist is the fulfillment. You know, Christ didn't come to abolish the law, but to fulfill it. You know, and we see that the manna in the Old Testament, there must be a new manna. And Jesus is that new manna. The Eucharist is that new manna. So 
it's going to cover a lot. We're also going to do it in a way. So we have a bunch of incredible theologians. I, I won't say their names. Um, so you, you'll have to, you know, tune into the movie for that. But we, we seriously <laughs> have the best theologians in the Catholic world. I mean, I'm just amazed that all of them have been willing to do this. And uh, yeah, it's, it's incredible. So, so you guys are in for a treat. So basically we're going to, we're going to splice in uh, the church teaching with the story of the Eucharistic miracles as I, mm. you know, go through this discovery and really, uh, you know, in, in so many ways, it'll follow the actual journey that I took when I initially looked into this, because so many um, atheists or uh, skeptics say, well, these, you know, these miracles, you know, people, people talk a good game, but they don't have anything to back it up. And uh, when I started doing this research back in, you know, June of last year, it was very hard to find this research. But thanks be to God, he opened so many doors and uh, showed me who to speak with. And uh, it's, it's going to be, I think we have we're going to have about 10 doctors uh that's medical doctors as well as doctors of physics or chemistry that will be in this film like actual like we don't have actors like it's actually going to be them so (laughs) again it's it's going to be phenomenal i'm just so excited to see how it interweaves and god has been so good opening my eyes so this is the first movie that i've written but i've been working with angelo our director and and he's just been saying you know we've got to come from it from this angle and you know, uh, so so that it's not something that you're like sitting there like, oh man, when is this movie going to be over? You're like on the edge of your seat, okay. um, following me as as I discover the truth of the Eucharist and the impact that it's had in people's lives. Now, as far as the length, uh, we're going to try to keep it under two hours because anything over two hours is a little uh, hard to sit through. You know, I would I would prefer it to be uh, shorter, but there is so much content. I mean, we probably right now have at least 15 hours of film that we're going to have to cut down. And, and we've only interviewed so few people. So it's, it's really going to be something that I think will be a game changer. Will be that, it'll be that one movie that you can hand anyone, no matter where they're at, you know, the fallen away Catholic, the skeptic, the evangelical Christian, um, the person that just doesn't even care, you know, that they can sit and yeah. watch this movie um, and their defenses will hopefully be down you know, because again, <laughs> this is going to be, it's not going to be too preachy because, um, mm-hmm. that, you know, that, that's not the intent, you know, we're, we're trying to reach everyone in this, do it in our artistic and creative way that, uh, really utilizes all of the gifts that other, you know, that others have. So, um, Oh, the one thing I also wanted to mention is, uh, we're going to bring in animators from, uh, Lucas films who, uh, oh. you know, helped make star Wars. So oh, that's wow. going to be pretty awesome. They're going to be doing CGI of transubstantiation, which is going to be pretty incredible wow. because I've never even seen a picture wow. of like what transubstantiation is like. So we're, uh, wow. you know, working with the doctors to help us pick, like frame it in the best way possible. Um, but it's yeah. going to be, it's just going to be incredible. So, uh, I, I'm wow. just, I'm so thrilled to be a part of this and, uh, you know, I was talking with my wife the other day. Uh, we went to Rome in 2019 with my son. And uh, I said to her, this, this, it's funny, David, this is when I had like less than 300 subscribers, you know, <laughs> and, and, and it was just more like a hobby thing. And um, I, I said, Amory, can you imagine if you would have like we were in, you know, the, the St. Peter's Square, if you would have said, Ray, the next time that you're in Rome, you'll be making a film about Eucharistic miracles 
and you'll have raised this much and you're going to have the best theologians in the Catholic world, people you've listened to for years. (laughs) You're going to get to go to their house, meet their families. I would be like, there is no way. But again, God can do anything. So I am just so grateful for this opportunity. And I'm really grateful to all everyone that's supported through prayers and financially, because there's no way we would be able to make this project without you because uh, film is very expensive. I didn't realize it. I mean, I guess it makes sense because a lot of these movies have million dollar budgets, you know, Um, Mm -hmm. but couldn't do it without, without everyone. And people have just been so generous and volunteering their time for free Uh, makeup artists doing this stuff for free. It's just, I mean, to really see the body of Christ in action is is so cool. But I think that the reason that so many people are excited about this is because they're like, yes, this is what we need. You know, we, we, we see the Christian brother movies and, and they're, and they're good, you know, but it's like, where, where are the Catholics, you know, where are the Catholics putting movies out in theaters uh, on a, in in a way that that's not just like the St. Movies, not to discredit the St. Movies because those, those are like amazing. Right. Um, but to make a yeah. film about something that's so critical, the central teaching of our church. And, uh, you know, I hope that this is just the beginning. And, yeah, so any, any questions you have for that, David? I know I went a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so you're listening to Ray Grijalba of the Joy of Faith Apostolate. Um, him and, he and his wife, Anne-Marie, they have a wonderful YouTube channel, Joy to Faith. You, you can find it just typing in that into your into your Google browser, whatever you can find it. Make sure you subscribe to this channel. But most importantly, go to ChristianChannel.com. We have to support this this work he's doing for his documentary. Uh, Ray is, I think, his background is an engineer, right, Ray? Yeah, that's true. So I studied materials engineering, and because of that, I've always had like a scientific mind. You know, I've always. Um, I mean, I, I don't want to tell someone something unless I verified it, you know, so uh, <laughs> this all started. I know, I know. So I, many, many people out there might be like, oh, you need some more faith, you know, and I'm like, yeah, of course, you know, so, so pray for me. But um, I, I guess God's given me that to help, to help, uh, to help reach others that, that think similarly to, to myself, because, you know, you don't typically yeah, think, think of think engineers. What was that? And I think it's amazing that 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 God took a person like you, right? I mean, you're the type, you're just the type of person that God will use, all right? Um, engineer, and now you're you're uh, so have uh, uh, you know, as far as you're not a movie writer, right? You're not a professional actor, um, mm-hmm. um, and, and, and so so you're just the type of person that God used to do something as phenomenal as this is going to be. And I love the fact, you know, you know, because I teach RCIA at my parish. And one of the gifts, one of the things I, I first give my students, one of the books I first buy them is the book that's put out by, I think, is Real Presence Ministry. They put out this really, really nice red book that um, has all the Eucharistic miracles in it, right? And I always buy that and give it to all of them. But now, knowing maybe not long from now, I can have, I can actually give them this movie, right, that they can watch. Mm-hmm. And it's a little more, it's easier to enter than, you know, a book. You know, maybe you won't read a book, maybe you will, but just to be able to maybe put in a DVD or download something and, and watch yeah. it, maybe with the family. I mean, this is awesome. And the fact that you're going to you're going to tackle it from the scientific angle, from scripture, from theologians, um, have some CGI in there. I mean, I, I am so <laughs> pumped up and, and, and excited about this. Everybody has to go to ChristianChannel.com, get behind Ray's work. 
Um, even if you could just give a, a few dollars or make sure you give all your prayers. So, cause this sounds like a home run. It doesn't sound like there's going to be a lot of wiggle room for people to try to uh, walk away from this one. Right. You got, we got one minute left. Um, what are some of your other thoughts that we haven't really talked about? Yeah. So I, I don't think I mentioned this. This movie's going to be in theaters in December. So you're going to actually wow. be able to go out and see it. Um, but it's also going to be on Christian channel stream there um, by supporting or for those that support at different levels. But it, we're also hoping to get it on Amazon and Netflix and all those others so that we can, uh, you know, reach people that may not normally watch this, you know? And uh, I think yeah. that's really like God will, God will provide, we'll, we'll plant seeds and God will do everything else. So, I'm just so yeah, grateful yeah, yeah. to have this opportunity. And thank you so much, David, for giving me the time to share this with all your listeners. Awesome. Yeah, I hope to have you back soon when we get closer to uh, when production is over so you can tell us how it went and what's next. Thanks, Ray. Thank you for tuning in to the David O. Gray Show, voicing truth and reason on Guadalupe Radio Network. I'll be back same time, same place next week, and I look forward to conversing with you again. In between time, in the meantime, you can visit me at davidlgray.info. But until then, until next time, remember that Jesus loves you so much and he's there for you. And why don't you live your life like salvation matters and made abundance of our Lord's blessings, graces, and favors fall upon you and yours. Thank you. Amen. Hi, this is Dave Palmer here at the station. I am so thankful for the many ways.